Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, April 21st, 2023. I'm Jake Neer, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, the UAW's new president says its relationship with Stellantis is fractured. Jaguar Land Rover is now just JLR, reorganizing for a new era. And pressure mounts for Hyundai and Kia to recall vehicles after thefts. Plus, what's preventing auto lenders from using AI more? The AI makes things more efficient, more real-time, better decisioning. However, you still need people there to do those upper functions. And so that's what I think is kind of maybe the, the resistance when we see it from the people perspective. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. UAW President Sean Fain is singling out Stellantis, saying the union's relationship with the automaker is fractured. Fain took over as UAW president last month after ousting incumbent Ray Curry in the union's first direct elections. In a webinar with the Automotive Press Association today, he specifically criticized Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares. With Stellantis, I would say, you know, it's, it's fractured right now. I mean, the, uh, when the CEO of the company can fly over here and go to our plants and threaten our members about future product and absenteeism, but uh, can't take the time to reach out to us and, and have discussion with us, that's a problem. Thane didn't just call out Stellantis on the call. He indicated there's a general lack of respect for workers coming from automakers. I sat the other day with with some corporate leaders that wanted to talk about how they respect our workers. Well, you know, don't talk to me about respect when you're making billions of dollars in profits for a decade and you're closing plants, not because of a lack of work, not because of uh, hard times, because you're just choosing to to chase something else and, and, and the members aren't a priority. That's not respecting people. When asked whether this fall's round of negotiations with the Detroit Three will follow the normal process of choosing a lead company on which to focus negotiations, Fain said, quote, everything's on the table and, quote, we're going to take a different approach to everything we're doing. Jaguar Land Rover will now be called JLR. The rebrand shifts the focus onto four sub-brands, Range Rover, Discovery, Defender, and Jaguar. JLR has been trying in recent years to separate its mainly SUV lineup and create more distinction between vehicles by giving them discrete personalities. The strategy within Land Rover since 2021 has been to separate vehicles into three pillars, as JLR calls them, with Range Rover taking the lead on luxury. Discovery focusing on families, and Defender drawing on its off-road routes to specialize in durability. With the updated strategy, each Land Rover pillar is turned into a full-fledged brand joined by the newly luxurious Jaguar. Toyota's new CEO, Koji Sato, has outlined a three-step strategy to significantly enhance productivity and profitability by 2030, through Toyota's upcoming line of electric vehicles. Sato says the strategy represents a brand new concept for the world's largest automaker. He says Toyota will enter the second phase of the three-part plan around 2026. That's when Toyota introduces a completely new EV platform and will have built up worldwide factory capacity to sell about a million and a half EVs globally. The third phase kicks in after that, when Toyota leverages a software system to unlock revenue streams, business models, and hyper-efficient product development cycles. 
Sato says the new setup will allow Toyota's future EVs to double their range thanks to more efficient battery use and require half the investment and development resources. And the attorneys general of 18 U.S. states are asking a federal regulator to recall Hyundai and Kia vehicles. They say the vehicles are more likely to be stolen because they lack safety features that are standard in other cars. Hyundai and Kia vehicles represent a large share of stolen cars in multiple U.S. cities. While most cars in recent years have been installed with industry-standard anti-theft devices, some entry-level models from the Korean automakers were not equipped with engine immobilizers or push-button ignitions. Hyundai argues that while some of its vehicles lack immobilizers, they were compliant with federal anti-theft requirements and notes that engine immobilizers are not federally mandated. According to the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety's Highway Loss Data Institute, U.S. theft claims were nearly twice as common for Hyundai and Kia vehicles compared with all other manufacturers among 2015 to 2019 model year vehicles. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, Informed IQ's Jessica Gonzalez talks about leveraging AI in the auto lending industry for credit decisions and loan servicing. That's next on Daily Drive. Hi, I'm Pete Bigelow, host of Shift, a podcast about mobility from Automotive News. Each week, I bring you a conversation with leaders who are on the cutting edge of transportation, like this one with consultant and strategist Salika Josiah Talbot. The technologists are forcing themselves in a space that they shouldn't be. And I think the social scientists and politicians are falling down on the job. To hear more about the new technology and policy reshaping the way people and goods move around, join me on Shift. New episodes each Sunday on autonews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. Informed IQ recently surveyed auto finance executives to find areas where they are applying artificial intelligence into their workflows and processes, as well as the challenges they face in implementing automation. Jessica Gonzalez is the Director of Lending Strategies at Informed IQ. She spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine about the survey and which results interested her the most. Jessica, thanks uh, so much for joining us on the F&I Friday edition of Daily Drive. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity, Dan. So uh, Informed IQ did a uh, survey recently in the lending space about how people are leveraging AI, one of these things that you know, everyone's talking about, AI, and how can we use it, and still kind of mysterious to some people. Tell me some of the findings that Informed IQ came away with that kind of interested you. I think that... You know, AI is very interesting, like you said, um, to a lot of lenders as well as just in general population. Um, we've seen some rises in like chat GBT. Um, everybody is kind of, where is AI going? So not surprised that 95% of lenders are wanting to do some kind of AI. Um, I think that they are also realizing about 44% in the survey said that they wanted to do it based on uh, competition. But there is some hesitancies. I don't, I don't know if the survey said this or you may just know this. But what are some of the hesitancies that uh, people kind of laid out or that you know of? So the top reason um, not implementing AI was a resistance to change, which I think reflects kind of um, where we are as, you know, an organization into AI driven adoption, but also as kind of a industry as well as the population. It just kind of feels like, where is AI going? Do we, should we trust it? Should we use it? Um, where is that landing? So I think we see that across the board. Second one is cost and legacy um, implementation. 
I think probably a lot of businesses or industries are like this, but it seems an auto, um, and I, I spent a little bit of time on the fixed operations side too. It's hard. People are, it's hard to change for people. They've, they've done it one way. That's the way they want to do it. And so for you to kind of bring in something new and foreign to them makes them nervous. They, I think they'd rather just stick with what they know. And if it's not as efficient, well, so be it. It's, it's been okay so far. And why, why make things uh, different? Exactly. I think people have been lending cars for a really long time and they know that a person can get all the F&I products done and they understand that perspective in that way. So I think it's just uh, making sure that they see the value in utilizing AI, what are the true benefits. And like I said, it's a relationship and having those subject matter experts that you can explain the AI, why it produces the values it produces and what are we going to do, right? I think a lot of that is kind of scare is that uh, people are going to say, are we going to be displaced? Are we going to have AI come in and do all of our jobs. But I have seen kind of when we've implemented these items, um, a lot of times lenders uh, really promote people within. So maybe if you were a funding manager or a analyst, you now become a product owner and you're really supporting um, some of this AI integration because the AI makes things more efficient, more real time, better decisioning. However, you still need people there to do those upper functions. And so that's what I think is kind of maybe the, the resistance when we see it from the people perspective. As a writer, chat GPT makes me a little nervous, but luckily I'm old. And so maybe by the time they figure out how to make newspapers with chat GPT, I'll be retired. So, so kind of backing up a little bit, how do a lot of lenders leverage AI currently? What, what do they use it for? Uh, right now, lenders are utilizing it in loan processing, uh, securitizations, as well as uh, credit decisioning as one of the top reasons. And it's just, it's faster, right? I, I, we, we see a lot about pre-qualifications, you know, or, or, you know, getting qualified in a matter of minutes, is that kind of, you know, kind of the decisioning is just kind of sped up by using AI in some in some way? Yeah, so the speed to decisioning is much faster as well as speed to process and fund. I think there's also some underlying um, eliminates bias that humans bring in. So a lot of the identification, um, some of those credit decisions where you're determining whether somebody is able to make a loan payment, um, the AI removes that bias. And I noticed in the survey that about half of those surveyed, lenders surveyed, kind of cited regulator audits as their biggest concern. Is that because they think if they use AI, it's they're under the microscope more or, or something may happen that they're unaware of? Or why was that, do you think, that, uh, such a kind of a concern of, of half the, those respondents? I think that comp compliance and regulatory items are top of mind for everyone across the industry, regardless if you're using AI or manual entry. I think the reason why there's some hesitation is once again, trusting what the AI output is, the efficiencies and accuracies. From a beneficiary perspective, it's really great to use AI because to have a standard audit trail, like I said, it removes some of that bias. The decisions are always made in the same um, way. And so you can determine whenever you're getting regulated or an auditor is coming by that, you know, you made these decisions based on these rules and you can determine these rules very easily. Um, a lot of times people hope to think that you're not doing a lot of manual controls, but we've seen uh, through industry insights, the more manual controls that you have in place, even if they're um, from a, coming from a good place, uh, you are more likely to be audited. And I think this, like the stories that I've edited or we've published in Automotive News seems to indicate that using AI is they're more accurate and they're, the lending is, is better and the better decisions are made. And then maybe when, when a human makes them. 
Yep. We see that um, we are more accurate than human entry. A lot of times um, when we do go live and part of that implementation is a lot of lenders will decide to do kind of a comparative um, test. And so they will have somebody enter in all the information and they'll also have our AM machines uh, producing those extractions. And we can tell that AI is more accurate. And so finally, we talked a little bit about hesitations earlier and why people may not kind of want to switch or fully, you know, jump into the AI waters. For people like that, do you have kind of recommendations on how they can at least tip their foot in the water a little bit or, you know, or jump in with both feet and how they can kind of maybe get over some of these hesitancies? Yeah, I think that number one, the acknowledgement that just because you make some changes doesn't mean everything that you've done up to this point was wasted work. I think, you know, the way that things have been happening and the way things have worked was really good at that time. But the industry, you know, the market is changing. And so you're going to be left behind if you don't start utilizing AI. The way to kind of step into AI and build up that trust is to make sure that you understand your business case, identify your problems, and then tackle it one step at a time. AI is a big buzzword, like you said. It can be very overwhelming at times. And I believe that if you take one small business case, see some real results, those that are resistant to change will see, hey, this is not so bad and it's actually valuable. It's not just a book that I read about. Jessica, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about Informed IQ's uh, survey and the results and a little bit about AI in the lending space. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate it. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to automotive news reporters Michael Martinez and Hans Greimel, as well as Nick Gibbs of Automotive News Europe for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on finance and insurance, the lead up to UAW negotiations, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a conversation with Joseph Vallone, the head of North America at EV.Energy, about how smart charging can help reduce the strain on the electrical grid. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you'd never miss an episode.